Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast, focused on Atlanta United and Major League Soccer and whatever other questions you have. As always, follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson, AJC, that's D-O-U-G-R-O-B-E-R-S-O-N, AJC, or on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. We are going to do a, a promo of Atlanta United's opening preseason match, which will be on Saturday at Birmingham. I will be there covering it for the paper. Uh, Again, follow me on Twitter. If you see me out and about, please say hello. You're going to hear in this podcast from Tristan Miyamba, from Bartosz Slice, from manager Gonzalo Pineda, from Saba Lopchenitze, and from new center back signing Derek Williams. And then y'all sent a lot of questions in. I'm excited about that. No voicemails. want to remind y'all that it's 404-526-AJCP. That's 404-526-2527. Feel free to ask your questions, leave your opinion, and I will comment and do my best to try to make you a little bit better informed than you were before you started listening. If this is your first time listening to us, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean Breeze tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're going to go into the audio clips that have been compiled from this past week of two media sessions at Atlanta United's facility in Marietta. Again, we're going to hear from Tristan Miyamba, Bartosz Schleich, Derek Williams, Saba Lopchenitze, and Gonzalo Pineda. If I sound a little bit down today, it's because this morning I woke up to the news that Jurgen Klopp has said he is leaving Liverpool at season's end. He is burnt out. I joked with Pineda today when he is heading for Liverpool. He said, no comment. I said, so is that on the record that we could say Jurgen or uh, Gonzalo Pineda will not say when he's going to Liverpool? Anyway, it was all in good fun. I've posted a preview of tomorrow's scrimmage in Birmingham. Need to remind y'all, if you don't follow me on Twitter or you don't subscribe to the paper, first, shame on you. Second, the game has been moved to a 5 o'clock Eastern start time because of the bad weather that's expected to roll through Birmingham tomorrow. So adjust your plans accordingly, 5 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Central. I will be in Birmingham. You can follow my coverage on Twitter at Doug Robertson AGC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. Please consider subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You're going to hear a promo on how you can do that very easily after we get done with this audio. We're going to start with Tristan Miamba, or Miamba is the correct pronunciation, on what he learned last season and how he's more comfortable this season. Uh, what I learned, I learned a lot. I learned a lot. I learned, I learned to 
because we play a playoff, so play playoff game in in Europe. Uh, they they don't like like this, so for me it's it's new. So the competitive uh, it's it's a little bit high when you play a play a playoff game, but uh, we also have to 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 make a good season to finish in good place, right. top maybe top four. To 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 have the the advantage on the supporter shield, so it's important for for us. And uh, yeah, we we have to to work hard to for for this. How much more comfortable are you now compared to when you first arrived last year? Oh, it's it's to, totally different because now I think it's maybe. I, I've, I've been here for six months, maybe. So, of course, uh, so uh, I meet every every players. Uh, I know wh- what the the coach uh, want want uh, about me. So, yeah, I, I'm more comfortable. I know my my important my importance uh, on the team. So, uh, yeah. One of the uh, great questions that we're going to get in the mailbag is a little bit later on which player among the newcomers deserves the most credit for last season's success in the second half. And you're going to get my answer on that, but the first audio clip may have given you a little bit of a hint, and I'll go into the why a little bit later. We also got to speak with Bartosz Schleich, uh, Polish uh, international player. He does not have his visa yet. I'm expecting, based upon the timeline of Stian Gregerson's visa, that it will come next week. But here he is talking about what he can bring to the team. I think I, I can help this team. That's uh, because I can I can um, help b- between the defense and offense. I'm like number six. I I can be like a link player. So um, yeah, I hope I will I will help the team because last season um, we were only on the sixth position. So I think it's not enough for for this club for this team. So yeah, in this season for sure we'll we'll go for. For the champions. And here's Barto. She, I think he prefers to go by Bart or Barto, uh, talking about what he knew about Atlanta United before he joined. I'm not like um, specialist of, of this league of MLS because uh, in Poland we have the different time, of course. So the games are uh, in the night. So uh, for sure, it, it's it's hard to hard to watch every game. Right. But of course, I watch a little bit because we have a, a few players uh, from Poland in MLS. So yeah, I saw so few games. Also, uh, the games from Atlanta because I, I want I wanted to know uh, what kind of the style is of this team, uh, what kind of players you have. So yeah, I watch a little bit. Derek Williams, y'all may not know a lot about him. He's about to be in his fourth year in Major League Soccer. He's played for DC United. He's played for the LA Galaxy. Um, he's played in England. He's a center back. He's a big dude. He's left footed. Uh, very well spoken today. Very good answers to some of our questions. He was picked up by Atlanta United in the reentry draft, which I go into a little bit later in the mailbag on what that means. Uh, but he, you'll get to hear a clip from him in just a minute about what that day was like. But here he is talking about the progress the team has made through the first 11, 12 days of preseason camp. A lot, um, especially for me personally. Just coming into the group, getting to know everyone, getting to know everyone around the building. Um, I'm actually really excited to be here. Um, it's been it's been great so far. Everyone's welcomed me in very with open arms, and um, 
yeah, it's been great. I've, I've got the house settled now. The training sessions, you're just trying to learn about the players, um, how quick they are, how they react and stuff like that. So we're just building every training session. And here's Derek talking about his emotions during the re-entry draft. The whole time Derek was talking, all I could think about was Anton Walks and Jake Mulraney. Anton would always say that Jake doesn't speak proper English. Jake was Irish. Anton is obviously English. And I could just hear that Irish accent in Derek's voice. And it made me think about those two guys. And, you know, I hope Jake Mulraney is doing well. I think he's playing in Ireland now. We all know the tragedy involving Anton Walks. And, you know, I think about him a lot. I see a lot of posts from, I think it's his sister and his mom on Facebook. And, you know, the, the anniversary of his passing just happened um, from the boat accident in, in Florida. And just, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers to, to his family and, you know, do a good deed for somebody, if you can, to honor Anton and with what remains of your day today. But here's Derek talking about his emotions during the reentry draft. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> no, um, it's just, I just, I wasn't too used to, I'm not too used to the system. Um, I got told how it works. Um, so me and my wife are just sitting down waiting right. to see what happens. Um but no, I'm more than delighted the outcome. Um, I think when you look at squads, this is one of the best ones in the league. And I think why not push on this year and try um, to win the MLS Cup? I've seen, conceded quite a lot of goals last year. Um, hopefully we can get that down. And then I think with the talent going forward, we definitely have a, a good chance. Now, he's likely going to be a depth piece. Uh, Luis Abram and Stian. Gregerson, Stian got his visa today. Today was his first training, or yesterday. Today was his first training session. But I was curious to hear from Derek about how his skills are going to work well within Atlanta United system, which requires center backs to, to be able to play with the ball at their feet, make passes, and cover a lot of ground. Um, I think it suits my game. I think that's why they brought me here. Um, I think they want me to – I talk a lot on the pitch, um, so I think they want me to bring that to the team, um, my experience. Um we have some young guys. We have some guys that are new to the league. Um, this will be my fourth season, so I kind of understand it a bit more. Um, so I'll try to add all that as much as I can and um, just try to help people around me and, yeah, try to get those goals tallied down. You mentioned that the team gave up a lot of goals last year, which it did. When you watch film or when you watch some last year, was there any kind of a consistency you saw in, in something that was happening that was resulting in so many goals allowed? The only thing I'll say about that is kind of like, you have to be a unit. Um, so mm -hmm. we did a lot of work so far since I've been here about unit defending, okay. high press, mid block, low block, and just depends on the game and the the uh, opposition. So I think if we get that down, um, I think the high press is a great opportunity for us because the players we have attacking are so dangerous um, and keeping them higher up the pitch, the better for everyone. Um, so yes, it's, it's, it's still early days, but we'll see how it goes. Okay. We were also fortunate to speak to Saba Lopchenice today. And much like uh, Mayumba, Saba came in, summer window, was thrown right into the fire. I think he started or he played like three days after he arrived. I was curious about his comfort level now compared to then. Yeah, feeling great. Uh, we training already 10 days. So like we had some hard trainings, easy training. So preparing for the season, you know, so feeling really, really good. 
How much more comfortable do you feel now compared to when you showed when you came midseason last yeah, year with my, just everything? Yeah. Well, more comfort really because when I came here, I did not make a preseason, you know. So uh, for footballer, it's very very important to make preseason with a new with a new team and. Uh, to be much better and much easier for me, you know. How can you be better this season? Yeah, this this what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, well, in summer, I don't have uh, like friendly games, and uh, right. directly I came inside, and the second or third day I had a directly game. So, <laughs> uh, you know, like when you have preseason, four or five games, friendly games, so you are like more comfortable, you know. Mm-hmm. And you are, I'm just waiting for the season, you know, for the first game. And then Gonzalo Pineda was our last guest today. He spent a lot of time with us answering a lot of questions. He's always been really, really good about that, and it's always appreciated. Here is Pineda talking about kind of the, the well, not kind of, the format for Saturday's preseason game. And I kind of pressed him a little bit on will the starters all be on one team or will they be mixed up, and he provided some illumination. Uh, well, for, for fans, it will be 2 times 45 normal game. Uh, for us, we'll be three teams playing 30 minutes each. Okay. Uh, so we'll have, uh, of course, at the beginning of each group, we'll have, uh, we will clean up the score line, whatever is the score before okay. that. We'll start fresh with the next group, and that will be the mentality of the group. Uh, but yeah, we're very excited about the first uh, preseason game. You talked about last week that y'all purposefully made all these preseason games road games because you want to get the team tougher. I guess, for lack of a better word, on the road. So what are you hoping to see from each group tomorrow in like the first five minutes of those 30-minute periods? Well, a big word for us this year is going to be consistency. So trying to do the same things that we normally try to do at the bench or here at training session, trying to do away. That's the best way trying to achieve points. Uh, so yeah, I'm more focused about the, uh, the performance and working the things that we've been working the last uh, two weeks. Uh, but obviously, I want to see desire. I want to see passion and, and willingness to win and to attack and to be uh, on the front foot. Uh, so, yeah, that, those are probably the main two things that we, I want to see. Will the three teams be like the first team, mostly starters, or is it going to be starters sprinkled throughout the three teams? Well, we'll see. Presume starters. Yeah, well, we'll <laughs> see. We'll see. We're, we're having some ideas. We want to kind of uh, mix a little bit certain things. We want to see certain, you know, uh, pairs working together, yes, but uh, I want to be more uh, two balanced teams, and then the other group will be all of our beloved academy kids <laughs> that we're very okay. excited to see. Uh, honestly, the kids being amazing, they've been working, the big majority of that group will be uh, uh, been working with us for two weeks. Obviously, some of them we knew from the past, but uh, we have very good academy kids. We have very good. The, the future is bright with, with the academies. And here's Pineda giving an assessment of Stian Gregerson after his first day of training. Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, he has some presence. You, you notice that if you got to see a little bit of, he, of his game. He has some physical presence there to defend, to, to attack the ball. Very good in the air. Uh, very solid, aggressive center back. Uh, he's fast. So I, I think he has all the attributes that we saw uh, on film. And these first 10, 11 days of training, uh, are you seeing what you've hoped to see in this time? the progress that you're hoping to see? I mean, it's early stages, of course. It's the first week was almost a reintro. We put across some very general, big, big principles for us of, in the way we play. 
this week was more about defending middle block, lower block, and, and how we are going to be organizing that. Uh, so still early stages, but the, the trends are very positive. And some of you know that Tiago is with the Argentina under 23 national team uh, during uh, uh, its qualifications for an upcoming tournament. I was curious who's going to be the number 10 on Saturday with, with Tiago gone right now. <laughs> Well, uh, we have a couple options there. I'm putting Firmino, okay. uh, uh, one. Then maybe Derek Tien, you know, Tyler can play there. So that, those are the little details that we need to, to figure it out. Uh, but yeah, uh, we have options there. We can play also 4-4-2 four four in certain moments. Right. You know, we have good strikers. So yeah, uh, it's very good. All right, when we come back, we're going to get into the mailbag. Y'all asked a lot of fantastic questions. Thank you very much for doing so. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get three months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, our politics, our breaking news, our investigations, our food and dining, and so much more on AJC.com. Plus, you can get access to our e-paper and our assortment of newsletters. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. So you always know what's really going on. And we're going to come back to the subscriptions and a couple of the questions that y'all have asked, and, and you'll understand why as we get into it. Again, the mailbag number is 404-526-AJCP. That's 404-526-2527. Put it in your phone right now. I'll wait. Still waiting. Are you done? Okay. Into the mailbag. We're going to start with Rob. He said, I heard that you were taping a podcast this week. His first question is, what kind of tape do you use? Well, Betamax is typically what I try to record on. I find it's the highest quality. Uh, as far as I know, it's the best technology. So um, if you're out there listening, what you do is put your fingers in the Betamax spools, put the tape up to your ear and turn the spool, and you should be able to hear what I'm saying. Rob continues, on a more soccer-related note, look into your crystal ball. Out of all the newcomers, who are fans crediting as the biggest contributor to Atlanta's success at the end of the season? And out of everyone not named Almada on the current roster, who will fans regard as the most significant departure by the end of the season? Okay, that's two interesting questions to start off with. Um, it's kind of a tie, I think. Uh, the three new starters, Tristan Miamba, Saba Lopchenice, and John De Silva, all, I thought, played critical roles. Of the three, Miamba probably was the best. He was on the field most consistently. Saba kind of bounced between being a starter 
and a depth piece. Jande started hot, then kind of cooled off. He did have some goals in the playoffs, but he also had some bad, bad turnovers that resulted in goals and some defensive lapses. That's not a knock on Jande. He came in, you know, as these other guys midseason, you know, you have to work yourself into shape, work yourself into getting to know the teammates. I think that he'll, he'll be a much better player. Not to say he was bad last season, but he'll, you'll see the improvements. So I think probably William Ba was the best player of the newcomers. He really solidified that midfield at Lenny United. Wasn't giving up nearly the same types of goals as they were before the ones on the counterattack, the balls over the top, really excited to see he and uh, Barto slice this season, uh, that pairing, along with Gregerson in the back to see how it really affects the spine of the team, which is going to go into another question we're asked later in the podcast. And then out of everyone not named Almada on the current roster, who will fans regard as the most significant departure? I I don't know. I don't, the only player on the team that I could see leaving or, or being sold would be not named Almada would be Caleb Wiley in the summer window. And I think it might still be a little too soon for that. So, we're just going to have to hold that question, Rob, and we'll come back to it at another time. Alan, friend of the podcast, as is Rob, during the press conference last week, Carlos Bocanegra indicated that the Franco Abada and Santiago Sosa loans did not clear the under-22 slots. But prior, the loans of Franco Abara and Edwin Mosquera did put us in roster compliance. What is the difference? The difference is MLS changed the rules this year. That is why. Uh, you could see why they would do that is to keep player or teams from stockpiling uh, what they think is under 22 talent and then just kind of loaning them out and bringing them back in whenever they wanted to. So that rule got changed. MLS has not talked about that rule change, at least as far as I know. Um, if they did, I just missed it. But that is why the loans of Abara and Sosa to clubs in Argentina did not clear the under-22 slots. Even if they had, I don't think Atlanta United would have filled them. They're trying to go in a different direction now with more experienced, uh, safer bets than the team did in its first few years. Alan's second question is, in your Atlanta United depth chart, you listed Guzan as the number one goalkeeper. Alan says he is hoping that Josh Cohen, sight unseen admittedly, will be able to supplant him for the Columbus game. Care to wager a coffee on it? Sure. Uh, I'll take an extra grande with three pumps of caramel, uh, oat milk, and uh, biscotti uh, dipped into it, kind of like a celery in a Bloody Mary. I'm fairly certain of that bet. Now, two people asked the same question, so I'm going to lump them together here. Uh, Ahmed, or is it Ahmed? Uh, Please tell me if I'm mispronouncing your name. You can just drop me an email and I'll make sure to try to get it right on the next podcast. I'm horrible with all pronunciations. It's just a part of my brain that, well, one of several parts of my brain that do not work like they should all the time. So Ahmed and the Colonel asks, what is the reason that the team's new midfielder, Bartosz Schleich, isn't wearing 99? I know a few MLS players have worn 99 before, so I know it's not an MLS policy. I heard a rumor it was an Atlanta United policy that all first-team players wear 30s or lower. Is that rumor true? Uh, yeah, that rumor is true. Atlanta United prefers that its first-team players wear a number 1 through 30. So Bartosz is going to wear number 6, which is the uh, kind of the, the indication that he is the defensive midfielder for the team, the position number 6, going back to the old English uh, tradition of numbering the positions on the field. 
So that is why he's going to wear six instead of 99. He didn't seem, you know, happy about it. He didn't seem unhappy about it. He just kind of was like, eh, it is what it is when uh, I asked him about it on Tuesday. But that is why he is not wearing 99. James says, talk to us about the keeper spot. Watching every game last year, it felt like Guzan didn't play like a starter for a contender. Okay, we're going to get to that in a second. I am not as down on him as some as I think our defense let him down, but I was a little surprised he was number one on your depth chart. Was it a start of a season continuity thing? I think that Brad Guzan was unfairly criticized by a lot of people last year. Uh, was he the best I've ever seen in the best form I've ever seen? No. Uh, he's also coming off an Achilles tear. I think this year he'll be much better. I think the defense in front of him is going to be much better. The fullbacks are solidified, which they weren't last season at the beginning. You've got Luis Abram, who who came on at the end of the year and proved himself to be a, a solid, not spectacular, but a solid center back. Gregerson, uh, Tristan Mumba was talking about how really good he is going to be. Very fast, very physical guy. Um, so they're hoping he can replace Miles Robinson. But yeah, the team had a lot of defensive issues last year. It wasn't all on Guzan. So while Guzan is going to take the brunt because he is the last guy to try to stop the ball, I don't think it was all about Guzan. And he is the team captain. I do think he'll be the starter for a while this season. It's his job to lose. And I don't think he's going to lose it. Brian says, should the league impose more transparency upon PRO as part of the current contract negotiations? So if you didn't know, the professional referees organization has threatened to strike if it doesn't get a new contract with MLS. So this transparency would be very interesting. Brian continues, while PGMOL is far from perfect, at least it will admit when officials make mistakes and announce consequences for those mistakes. The opaqueness of PRO's review process and lack of any public consequences when obvious errors occur needs to be addressed. I very much agree with you. If the referees want more money, that means they should have more accountability. When a referee messes up, it would be nice if, like in the NBA, they, they, the PRO would issue a statement or issue a list of these we got wrong. I think people would be much more forgiving if PRO, if the, if the referees organization would simply admit when it does get things wrong rather than just never saying hardly anything. It's, it's a little bit infuriating. It's a little bit bizarre to me especially with, you could see everything on video now, you could see VAR, you can hear uh, the conversations between some referees and VAR in some leagues now. It would be nice if there was a little more accountability. Some of you may remember the Atlanta United at Philadelphia game last year when after the game, Gonzalo Pineda went off on the referee. And then if you looked at the next few weeks, that referee did not work as a center ref in any games. Now, to that point, he had worked in more games than anyone else. I don't know if there's a cap on how many games referees can work or if he was disciplined for missing several calls. We don't know. That's part of Brian's suggestion about there being more accountability, and I'm all for it. Another question about Brad and now Miles Robinson from Joe. If Guzan doesn't start for us this season, and with Miles and Cincy, who do you think might be wearing the captain's armband? It's a good question. Uh, I, again, I said I think Brad is going to start. Uh, if Brad doesn't start, I think it'll either be Yurgo Shakamakis or it'll be Brooks Lennon as the captains. 
Uh, Brooks has said he would love to be a team captain. I know Yakamakis has become a very effective leader in the locker room. So I think it'd be either one of those guys. Great question, Joe. Michael says, how will the new addition of Slice affect players who had good to great 2023 seasons, especially Brooks Lennon, who saw his role shift a bit last year? Seems to me the way you describe Slice's role in the midfield, it reminded me of the way Lennon attempted to play last year. I don't think it will affect Brooks. Uh, he's referring to the fact that in some games last year, Atlanta United borrowed a tactic that Manchester City likes to use where it will bring the fullbacks inside into the center of the pitch almost as defensive midfielders. Sometimes those fullbacks will continue runs up through the formation, uh, almost making runs off the shoulder of Yakamakis. Uh, into the box. Gutman did it a couple times. Lennon really started to do it a lot uh, in the last third of the year. And it was pretty effective. So with Gregerson and with Slice kind of covering that space and Miyamba covering that space, should Lennon decide to vacate it or or Wiley decide to get forward and vacate his space, I think you might even see more of it than you saw this year. Because both guys apparently, uh, Slice and Gregerson, very aware, very good at covering space, very communicative. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Christopher says, and this is, we're going to get into the subscriptions here in just a second. Will the bins incorporate natural gas, grass? <laughs> Will the bins incorporate natural grass for upcoming World Cup games? And if so, what's the likelihood that United will play the preceding season's home games on grass as a child run? Now, Christopher, I have written this many, many times in stories. Any story that I write about the World Cup, I have included that there is going to be grass brought in. So, I would encourage you to subscribe to the paper, subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast, because in podcasts going forward from now on, if y'all ask questions about something that I've already covered several times in stories, I'm not going to answer them. Or I'll ask the question and I'm going to refer to you to subscribing and to read the stories. That's how I get paid. That's how part partly why the paper sends me to all the or most of the games, 95% of the games on the road. That's information that, that I'm working to give you. It's information that has a value. It's information that should require a subscription. So to answer this question for the last time this season, yes, they are going to put in grass for the World Cup games. No, the preceding home games will not be a trial run. I have written why in a couple of stories. As soon as you pull the grass, it dies. You cannot keep it growing. You simply can't. There's too many events and the grass dies, there's no way to keep it going. Christopher's second question. In regard to the Vasquez and Almiron transfers, is there a technical difference between the term solidarity payment and sell-on fee, or are those terms interchangeable? Good question. Yes, there is a difference, Christopher. The Almiron transfer I don't think is official yet. That's Almiron from Newcastle to a club in Saudi Arabia. I don't know the name of the club. I can't remember. The A solidarity payment is a team gets a a percentage of a transfer because they helped to develop that player before he joined the first team. So he was like an academy player or a youth player. They paid for part of his development. They get some monies back. A sell-on fee is an agreement when a player gets transferred to another team like Almiron. Atlanta United had no part in Almiron's development. Uh, there's an agreement that, well, if he ends up playing well for you and you sell him, we get a percentage of those revenues. So that is the difference between the two things. Solidarity payment is not nearly, I would think, as much as a sell-on fee. 
but I guess it depends upon the negotiations. I think FIFA sets the caps on solidarity payments. Sell-on fees <laughs> are simply negotiated between the clubs. And Christopher's last question, since the departures of Nagby and Parkhurst, who has been answering the shoe phone in the Atlanta United locker room? Uh, that is a really good question. Uh, I think it's gone to Bluetooth, and as soon as it rings, everyone just starts saying hello. It may be going to the visitor's locker room, which may explain why it took visiting teams so long to get to the field for the start of the second half of past games last season. Scott says, how will we see solidifying our spine manifest on the field? Will we see Lennon and Wiley getting into the attack more? Gigi not coming back and trying to time his runs more, more vertical direct passes to the wings to stretch teams on the break. I think it could be a combination of all those factors, Scott, similar to what I was talking about with Lennon and Wiley getting forward and making runs off Yakamaki's shoulder. You could see all those things. It's really just conjecture right now because we haven't got to see them play. Again, the first match, preseason match will be Saturday in Birmingham. I, I don't know for a fact the format, but I assume the starters who can play, uh, Schleich and Gregerson still don't have visas. They will not be able to play. We'll go about 30 minutes or so, and then you'll see kind of the second team, and then you'll see the academy kids coming in. Um, and then they go to Athens the next week, and then they go to Tampa. I will be in Tampa covering those two matches, or, yeah, two matches. And then they go to Miami. Um, and I will not be in Miami. But, yeah, I think you're going to see a combination of all those things. It's going to be – I'm excited to watch it. I'm, I'm, inter I'm interested to watch it. Matt says, with improvements to the roster, do you think Pineda will be on the hot seat if the team doesn't come out to a hot start? I like Pineda, Matt says, and feel like he has done a decent job with the teams he has been given. However, he has now coached more than 10 matches more than any other coach in the short history of the franchise with little success to show for it. Well, they have gone to the playoffs too in the past three years. One stat that blows my mind is 35 more matches coached. He has just one more win than DeBoer. I know those numbers likely speak more about the franchise as a whole in his tenure, but at some point we have to start being critical about on-field success. Yeah, I think that's I mean, I think that's fair. I think that this starting 11 for Atlanta United once Gregerson and Slides get their visas and and get incorporated next to Miami is one of the most talented in Major League Soccer. I have some questions about the depth. Pineda seems to really think the depth is going to be fine, as does Bocanegra. I don't know what else they would say. I have concerns about the depth. But, yeah, it's an interesting question. It's So if the team doesn't get off to a hot start, Pineda is in the last year of his guaranteed contract. Bocanegra is in the second to last year of his guaranteed contract. If the team is simply, I mean, just floundering, and I, I don't think that would happen, but if it's floundering, would Garth Lagerwey go ahead and decide to move both Pineda and Bocanegra out, hire a new GM, hire a new manager. I don't know. I, I can see that, how that makes sense. But I think it's way too early to make any kind of predictions about that. Another Doug says, I'm excited to have the new season so close. How do you think the uncertainty around Almada and a potential transfer affects the locker room? Is it just a part of the business or does it impact the team chemistry? No, I think it's just part of the business. These guys are pros. They've all played on teams where teammates have been sold and other guys have come in. Um, would it stink from a, a uh, impact uh, because of all the things that Omada provides? Yeah. But I would also like to think, well, they've said that should Omada be sold, they have a list of candidates they want to bring in to replace Omada. 
it would take time to get them up to speed. Uh, but from a chemistry standpoint, I mean, this happens all the time. So I don't think that would be a negative effect. Matt asks, can you explain what the reentry draft is and how a player ends up in it versus free agency? Yeah. So uh, the MLSPA and MLS renegotiated the rules of free agency a couple of years ago to make it easier for some players to qualify. I think it's five years in the league now and be at least 23 or something. I have to go back and look it up, but it's something like that. So what happens is if you don't qualify for free agency in Major League Soccer, you go into the reentry draft. And there's two stages of the reentry draft. There's different qualifications for each. But if a team selects a player in the reentry draft, they have X amount of days to negotiate a contract with that player. If the player turns them down, uh, I guess they go, I don't know what happens to them at that point. I guess they're out of the league or the league retains their rights, but they can look for work elsewhere like in USL or something like that. Um, but that that's the difference. Free agency, they could sign. A player has a choice to sign with someone. And the reentry draft, it's kind of up to a team selecting that player. And then Mike with a long, long email with some questions of the week. So bear with me on this one, but it's good stuff. Mike says, I have a two-part question related to off-season transactions. And the first is related to Josh Cohen. It seems very odd to me that his agent would have filed a former complaint with the league regarding the treatment of his discovery rights by Atlanta United, only to be signed by the club a few months later. I would be curious to hear any more insight you have on that situation, as well as your thoughts on what role he has with the club this year. So covering that first, MLS is a unique league. It has a lot of unique rules. One of those rules is all players are owned by the league. Part of that, as Carlos Bocanegra said last week, is so that you don't have teams bidding against each other and driving the price up for players. That's why they also have that discovery list nonsense. Josh Cohen's agent did not know MLS rules, did not understand that Atlanta had his rights. So therefore, other teams couldn't make a bid on him. And rather than do research, his agent just kind of decided to put this out there and kind of really made himself look foolish. But Atlanta United did not hold that against Cohen, and they ended up making a deal, and obviously Cohen is now with the team. And I'm assuming that his agent has now done some more research about Major League Soccer and learned some more about the rules. It's interesting, though. His second question is in regard to overall roster fluidity with Atlanta United and MLS in general. He says that he had not followed MLS closely until Atlanta United, so he's not sure if the amount of fluidity that is seen with the club is just a result of MLS over the years. He says he does realize that with the nature of MLS not being the top league in the world for the sport, as is the case with other major leagues in the, in the U.S., we will naturally see more roster fluidity from year to year. He would be very curious to know if Atlanta United's annual roster turnover since 2017 is typical. He would also be interested to see how the roster turnover compares to other professional Atlanta sports teams. He says it could be that he is just scarred by the loss of the founding stars, but it does seem like it has been harder for him to get invested in new players that seem unlikely to stay long. He says he knows it's hard to retain the focus of the more casual Atlanta sports fan for long, 
but he wonders if the roster fluidity has made it more challenging for casual fans to stay engaged with Atlanta United. He says, if we do accept that roster fluidity, that is the phrase of the day, in MLS is detrimental to increasing and retaining fans, is there anything that MLS or Atlanta United can do to facilitate greater roster continuity, particularly amongst the stars of the team? Thanks again for your coverage of Atlanta United, and I, he says, I would be very curious to hear your thoughts on these two matters. So what happens with MLS is you, you have a salary cap. If a team has success, the players that have contributed to that success are going to want raises. Typically, you can reward some players, but you can only reward a few. So then the other players will want to go somewhere where maybe they can get paid a little bit more. That's what happened with the original version of Atlanta United. As you also said, this is not the end-all, be-all league in the world. Players want to go to Europe. So Miguel Almiron had a chance to go to Europe. Atlanta United had a chance to make a lot of money, and that's how it worked. The same is assumed to, to be true with, with Tiago Almada if the club can get an offer, and they still have not received an offer from, from a club in Europe. So players are going to leave. Players are going to come and go. Sometimes it's because players want to get paid. Sometimes it's because players aren't playing well enough to result in a new contract or for the options to be picked up on their contracts. It's just how it is. I have no idea if Atlanta United's roster fluidity is any more different than the Falcons. I would doubt it. Uh, the Falcons, you know, had a lot of seem to have a lot of roster turnover every year, and that's not a knock on them. It's just how the NFL works. The NBA, much smaller roster. So you don't see as much turnover. The Braves, you see a lot of turnover in the bullpen uh, compared to the starters, but the Braves also lock down their starters for in long-term contracts. So I don't know how it compares to other MLS teams. I know nothing about the NHL. But if you look, if you look at last year's roster compared to this year's roster, you lost one starter, Miles Robinson, I think. Uh, or to me, if you count Hazetu as a consistent starter, you lost Hazetu because his contract expired. But the rest, eight or nine guys returned. That's not that much different. You still got most of the same homegrowns with three new additions, some of which played last year. That's not that much different. So you'll see the same roster for a couple of years. And then just because of the function of the salary budget and, and players' wants and, and needs, they leave. That's just how it is. I have no idea if it affects the affection that supporters feel for the team or for the players you'd be better suited to tell me that but that's just how it works now a couple of you despite me tweeting several times to email me your questions dm me your questions i answered your questions in dms again read the tweets i asked for them in email it's just easier for me to, to keep everything organized that way because i get a lot of dms uh, it's easier to, to sift through the emails than that um so email me your questions um a reminder to tell your friends about our show. Please give us a rating and a review on Spotify and Apple. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. Please remember to call our voicemail number, and I want to hear you say it back to me right now. So just say the number out loud. I'm listening. That's right. It's 404-526-AJCP. That's 404-526-2527. We'll have a po another podcast next week, uh, probably on Friday, but I'll tweet it out. Again, follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. As always, hug your loved ones, communicate with your loved ones. Thanks for listening to Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.
ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.